Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Howdy, partners. This here's Merle from old... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Montana Cowboy Podcast, and I've got a bone-chilling tale for you tonight. Grab your Stetson and saddle up. As we follow our brave park rangers into a world of paranormal encounters, that'll make you question every rustle in the bushes. All ready for this. Let's go. My heart pounded as I crouched behind the crumbling wall of a dilapidated building, my team surrounding me in a tight formation. I had been sent to Iraq with my Navy SEAL team to escort a group of scientists to an archaeological site deep within the country. We knew it wouldn't be an easy mission, but we were not prepared for what awaited us at the site. As we approached the location, we noticed that the site was in ruins. The once proud ancient structures had been reduced to rubble, and there was no sign of a team of archaeologists we were supposed to meet. We carefully searched the area, looking for any clues as to what had happened to them. 
It didn't take long before we found evidence that they had been taken by some sort of unknown predator. The remaining scientists were clearly shaken by the disappearance of their colleagues, and it was our job to protect them while we uncovered the truth behind the mysterious predator. We set up a perimeter around the site and began our investigation. The scientists provided us with valuable information about the site and the possible reasons why their colleagues were targeted. As we dug deeper, we discovered a series of tunnels beneath the site. The tunnels appeared to be ancient, but had been recently disturbed. It seemed that whatever had taken the archaeologists was using these tunnels as its lair. We ventured into the dark tunnels, the air growing colder and damper with each step. The narrow passageways twisted and turned, leading us deeper into the heart of the ancient structure. The walls were covered in strange markings and symbols, and the scientists theorized that the site had been used for rituals and sacrifices in the distant past. As we delved further into the tunnels, we began to hear eerie sounds echoing through the darkness. The growls and hisses of the unknown predator filled the air, sending chills down our spines. We knew we were getting closer to the creature, but we had no idea what we would find. In the depths of the tunnels, we discovered a large chamber filled with the remains of the missing archaeologists. It was a horrifying sight, and we knew we had to put an end to the predator that had caused this massacre. We set up an ambush, using the remaining scientists as bait to lure the creature out of hiding. The predator took the bait, emerging from the shadows with a terrifying roar. It was unlike anything we had ever seen. A monstrous creature with razor-sharp claws and teeth, its eyes filled with a primal rage. We opened fire, unleashing a hail of bullets that tore through the air, but the creature seemed almost impervious to our weapons. It fought with a ferocity that was both awe-inspiring and terrifying. But we were determined to protect the scientists and put an end to the threat. In the end, it was a well-placed explosive that finally brought the creature down its lifeless body collapsing to the ground with a thud that shook the ancient chamber. We returned to the surface, our mission complete but forever changed by the horrors we had witnessed. The remaining scientists were grateful for our protection, but we knew that the memories of the mysterious predator would haunt us for the rest of our lives. I was out of my grandparents' house, hunting coyotes as usual this time of year. I was hiking through my next-door neighbor's land to get to the wood-covered land in the back. While I was hiking, I got the feeling I was being followed by something to my right. I stopped and switched the red tint on my headlamp to my spotlight, but didn't see anything. Then I switched back to my headlamp, and pulled my rifle back up, and continued my hike. It was 6.15 a.m., and the sun was just coming up. I was sitting in a hide I'd made the day before. That's when I saw something behind a group of trees on my left. It was crouched. I raised my rifle, looked through my scope, and froze when I saw the creature staring back at me. I panicked and fired a shot off. That's when it stood up and took off, deeper into the woods. I sat there probably another twenty-five minutes before I decided it was safe to head in and did so. Later that day, I grabbed my grandfather and we both went out to where I had seen the creature when it stood up on two legs and took off. We measured where I had seen it and it was roughly seven one-half feet tall. 
To this day, I'm terrified to go out at night or in the early morning hours. But I grew up seeing shadow people. White shadow people, too. When Slender Man got popular, I immediately thought of some of the things I've seen here. There was some sort of entity that would harass the little girls who lived here. Nothing horribly obscene or anything but my sister used to complain about a figure that would walk around her bed at night and say mean stuff to her. Like it would walk back and forth and call her string bean an ugly little ginger bitch. By the way, after my sister was telling me this all upset and shit, I actually laid off of teasing her for being a ginger for a couple years. It made me feel really bad. Anyway, she said she could never see its face or anything, but its outline was like the Grinch from the old Christmas movie. She'd always complain about it, and my older cousin, also female, chimed in while she was talking to me about it and said she had the same thing happen to her when she would stay here. They both agreed that it lived in a hole in the air between two oak trees that just refused to grow, an area my sister refused to play. Those oak trees have been the same size since I was probably five years old and I'm 33 now. Still the same size. Keep those trees in mind. It gets weird about the trees, so shortly after my friend moved out, about a year later, my girlfriend and her daughter moved in. After about six months, her daughter started complaining about the same thing. She was scared to tell us at first. She would come in and wake us up and we figured it was just her being scared of the dark. She was around six at this time. One morning while we were getting her ready for school, she started quietly telling her mom about it. Could tell she was embarrassed and didn't want to talk about it. I was making coffee and it stopped me dead in my tracks. I stopped and squatted down to talk to her and smiled to try to ease her worry and got her talking more about it. She straight up called it the Grinch, like that was its name. She said it, just walked around her bed saying mean stuff to her, never touched her or anything. I asked, what kind of mean stuff? And she said, he walks back and forth and he says bad words and calls me fat piggy and dumb little girl. In other words, I'm not supposed to say, freaked me out super bad. Started texting my sister about it and would have contacted my cousin too, but she is estranged from most of the family at this point. So my sister and I talk about it. Put up crosses in the house, uh, put up some Norse protection runes, salt at the doors and sage the house. It apparently subsided after that, so one or all of those worked. When I was walking her to the bus stop for school a couple months later, she pointed at the area between the two oak trees that won't grow and said, That's where that stupid Grinch lives. <sighs> Can't get me a more stupid Grinch. And then she threw a wreck at the trees. It was pretty funny. But I got concerned again and started asking her about it. She said she was fine and she hadn't seen him in a long time. I'm assuming since I took some precautions and used warding of various types. So I asked what she meant by him living between the trees. She told me he lives in the air between them, like when we watched Stargate. So trying to get more answers before the bus comes, I asked her how she knew that and if she could see him right now. She looked back at the trees and said, No, he's not here right now. 
He only comes out at night because the sun makes him invisible. So, now I ask if I could see him if I tried. She says, no. Only girls can see him, and you're a boy, so you're not supposed to see him. And then the bus came, and we kind of dropped it after that. But ever since then, I've got weird, unexplainable knocking on windows, particularly when I'm in the shower. My girlfriend at the time, the girl's mom, and I split up several years ago, and I still get the window knocking and weird noises. I'm used to it now, because that's just life here. It's always been weird as hell. Saw Greenman's face once when I was a kid. Weird piece of property we've got here. Low Reddit, so for further reference, my girlfriend's daughter. Never met my cousin and never talked to my sister about stuff like that. So it's not like the idea was planted in her head by them or anything. Later on, when talking to my sister about it, she told me that maybe it's because she's getting older, but as time goes on, she has forgotten more and more about it. She said she doesn't even remember it having the outline of the Grinch anymore. She remembers calling it that and knowing that it looked like the Grinch before, but doesn't remember the outline. She used to be able to go into detail about it, but now all she vividly remembers is the ginger bitch part. And maybe that's deal growing up, adulting and prioritizing memories, but she's 35 and I'm 33. I remember these conversations vividly because it freaked me out so bad. I was a park ranger at Yosemite National Park, and it was my night off. I decided to take a walk on one of my favorite paths, hoping to reach the top of a hill and catch a glimpse of the moon. It was a beautiful night, and I felt completely at ease, surrounded by the sounds of nighttime critters going about their business. But suddenly, a high-pitched ringing sound cut through the air, causing the animals to scatter and leaving me dizzy. I paused for a moment, trying to regain my focus, but all the bugs and critters had fallen completely silent, and the only sound I could hear was the soft rustling of leaves beneath my feet. And then I uh, realized something was off. There were footsteps following me, but they sounded like they were coming from the left instead of behind me. I tried to brush it off as a trick of my ears, but the footsteps seemed to keep up with me no matter how much I stopped and started. As I walked, I noticed animal tracks on the ground resembling a canine butt with unnaturally long nails. I stopped to inspect them, feeling unsettled and unsure if I was in any danger. And that's when I saw it. Pale, fleshy creature emerged from behind a bush, hunched over and with no fur whatsoever. It had massive back legs like that of a dog, but its front paws were similar to that of a sloth, covered in old scars and large claws. Its facial features were human-like, but the sight of it left me feeling paralyzed with fear. The creature seemed frightened that I had spotted it, and I knew that it could kill me in an instant if it wanted to. It stood up tall, towering over the nearby plants, and opened its mouth wide, emitting a high-pitched ringing sound that rattled the nearby trees. The sound seemed to break the spell, and all the bugs and critters started making a huge amount of noise. I couldn't stay there anymore, so I booked it back down the path as fast as I could. The encounter had rattled me so much that I had to take a week off work, and I never went on solo night walks again. 
To this day, I still wonder what that creature was and where it came from. But one thing is for sure, I never want to encounter it again. I am Tennessee, a Native American who has always felt a deep connection to the forest. As a child, I spent many hours exploring the woods, listening to the songs of the birds and feeling the gentle breeze on my face. I knew every inch of the forest or so I thought, until one night when I had an encounter that changed everything. I was out in the woods hunting for deer when I heard a strange noise. It was a low, guttural growl that made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I, I knew that sound, but it was impossible. It was the growl of a bipedal brown Bigfoot, a creature that I had only heard of in legend. As I stood there frozen with fear, the creature appeared before me. It was massive, towering over me at nearly eight feet tall. Its eyes glowed in the darkness, and I could see its powerful muscles rippling beneath its fur. I felt like I was facing an otherworldly creature. The creature bared its teeth, growling menacingly. I tried to back away slowly, but it took a step forward, blocking my path. I knew that if it wanted to, it could easily overpower me. I was powerless, stuck in place with nowhere to go. Suddenly, the creature turned and ran off into the forest. I stood there trembling and trying to catch my breath, wondering what had just happened. I had encountered a bipedal brown Bigfoot and lived to tell the tale. Over the next few days, I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. I heard strange noises and saw shadows moving in the trees. I knew that the creature was still out there, somewhere in the forest, and I was never sure when it would make its presence known again. From that day on, I never went into the woods alone and always kept my senses sharp. Knowing that I might encounter the creature again, I had experienced something that most people only hear about in legends, and it had changed me forever. Okay, a bit of background. I live in Galloway of New Jersey. I know about the Jersey Devil, Pine Barrens, and that sort of stuff. I'm also not really a believer, but I'm not against the stuff. I'm sure it's possible for monsters and ghosts to exist, but without having much experience, I don't know. Anyway, last night, I was home alone. I'm 16-year-old, and my parents work pretty late and don't get home until 3, 4 a.m. I'm used to it now. No siblings. Just a dog and five cats, so I get the house to myself. I'm laying on the couch watching TV, and I notice something out of the corner of my eye. Another pair of eyes looking at me. At first, I just assumed it was an animal or something. We get possums a lot at night, so I didn't think much about it. Five minutes go by, and I hear this weird clawing at the door. My living room is fairly large. TV is in front of me. Then, a couple feet away is the dining room table and a sliding glass door that leads to my back porch and yard. The thing was on the porch. I got up to investigate, first by flicking the switch on, and immediately it scrambled off the porch. It seemed to be scared of light, so I turned it off and grabbed a flashlight. It wasn't there, so I continued to assume an animal and went back to the couch. An hour goes by and I hear this loud shriek coming from the yard. This time getting scared, 
I jumped up and ran with the flashlight. I dimmed it down by taking my index finger and middle finger and kind of coiled it along the light, still making it visible but not as bright. I showed it around the yard and the thing was still there, but this time it was eating something. It looked to be small, like a rabbit or a young deer. Where I live, there's a ton of coyotes, so maybe one had strayed. But again, that shriek was awful and not something I've ever heard come from a coyote's mouth. This thing was human, or close to it. Anyway, the skin was black and kind of wrinkled. It had long limbs and seemed to be in a crouch position most of the time, but it was extremely fast. I got scared and shone the light at it directly, and it again screamed and dashed off into the woods. I stayed up until my parents came home. I didn't tell them yet, just in case if it was something silly. I went to bed, and for the rest of the night, nothing about it came up. So, Reddit, got any idea of what this thing is? Any help or advice is greatly appreciated. I'm an animal lover, so I don't want my cats or my dog outside one day and then getting devoured by God knows what's out there. I know I did the flare skinwalkers because that's what it most reminded me of. My friend was a wilderness ranger in Yosemite and hiking solo for a few days. She slept outside in a sleeping bag and woke up randomly in the middle of the night, sensing something. Sat up in her sleeping bag to see a mountain lion staring at her from a few dozen yards away. She yelled at it, and it seemed to retreat. The next morning she discovered its paw prints in circles around her. Apparently it was doing some serious pondering on her tastiness. I had been a park ranger for several years, and I loved the solitude and beauty of the remote areas I patrolled. It was early winter, and I was out on a routine patrol, making sure that everything was in order, and that there were no signs of poachers or other illegal activities. As I was walking along a snow-covered trail, I noticed something strange in the snow ahead of me. At first, I thought it was just a set of footprints from a large animal like a moose or bear. But as I got closer, I realized that these footprints were different. They were much larger than any animal I had seen before, and the shape was unlike anything I had ever seen. The footprints were also spaced much farther apart than any animal could manage, indicating that whatever had made them was incredibly fast and powerful. I followed the footprints, trying to keep my excitement and curiosity under control. The snow was deep, and I had to trudge through it but I couldn't resist the mystery of the prints. As I followed the trail deeper into the woods, I became aware of a strange feeling that I was being watched. It was an eerie sensation, and I couldn't shake it off, no matter how hard I tried. Suddenly, I heard a loud noise that made me jump. I turned around quickly and saw a dark shape moving quickly towards me. It was the creature that had made the footprints, and it was headed straight for me. I froze in terror, unsure of what to do. The creature lunged at me, and I stumbled backward, barely managing to avoid its attack. It was unlike anything I had ever seen before. Its body was covered in thick fur, and it had long, sharp claws and teeth that glinted in the dim light. It was much taller than any human, and its eyes glowed a bright yellow in the darkness. I scrambled to my feet, my heart pounding in my chest. I tried to run, but the creature was too fast. 
I tried to run, but the creature was too fast. It chased me through the woods, its hot breath on my neck and its claws tearing at my jacket. I was certain that I was going to die, that this creature was going to tear me apart and eat me alive. But suddenly, as quickly as it had appeared, the creature vanished into the night. I was left alone in the woods, my heart still racing and my mind reeling with fear and confusion. What had I just seen? Was it some sort of legendary cryptid, a creature that only existed in myth and legend? I made my way back to the ranger station, my thoughts consumed by the strange encounter. I knew that I had to report what I had seen, but I also knew that no one would believe me. Who would believe that I had come face to face with a creature that was supposed to be nothing more than a legend? I'm a Native American, and I have a story to tell you. Your listeners may believe it or not. I don't care. I just want to tell it. So this happened a month ago. I had not been back to my reservation in years, and I was not sure what to expect when I returned. But as soon as I arrived, I knew that something was wrong. My people told me that Rez was plagued by a curse that had been passed down through generations, and the people were living in fear. I began to investigate, since the story was interesting, and I realized that the source of the curse made me closer to home than I thought. My first stop was the tribal elder. I told him that people speak about some kind of curse. He said that's true, and told me about the curse that had been cast upon us many generations ago, a curse that had brought sickness and death to our people. He told me of the sacrifices that had been made to try to appease the spirits, but Nothing had worked. I was interested. As I'm not a fan of supernatural, this intrigued me. I knew that I had to find the source of the curse, and I started with my own family. My father had died when I was young, and my mother had never talked about him. But as I started asking questions, I began to realize that there was more to his death than I had ever known. I talked to my mother's sister, who told me that my father had been involved in some dark magic before he died. She didn't know much more than that, but it was enough to make me suspicious. Well, I went to my mother and asked her about my father's involvement in the curse. She looked at me with sad eyes and told me the story of my father's descent into darkness. He had become obsessed with breaking the curse and had started experimenting with black magic. He had sacrificed animals and even other people in his quest for power. My mother had tried to stop him, but he had become too powerful. He had turned on her, and she had barely escaped with her life. She had never spoken of him again until now, as I dug deeper into old family case files. I found evidence that my father had been working with others in the community. They had all been trying to break the curse, but they had gone too far. They had used dark magic to try to control the spirits, and the spirits had turned on them. I figured that the curse had been created by our own people and that we had been living with the consequences ever since. I don't know if this is real or not, or how to break this curse, but at least I found the truth about my father. Think about this whatever you will. During 1999, I worked briefly as a vacuum cleaner salesman. Yes. The job was as terrible as it sounds. Mm. 
which required very late nights as I was often at customers' homes till around 9 p.m. before having to go back to the head office to check out, then drive back home, often not arriving home until 12.1 a.m. I was working late this one particular night and was on the home stretch, around 10 minutes from home, when my old crappy cheap Ford Fiesta started to overheat. I knew the car wouldn't make it home and had no choice other than to pull into a lay-by on top of the big, dark, deserted mountain next to my town. My hometown is literally the last town before there are just mountains and forests for countless miles. As I pulled into the mountain parking area with steam pouring my engine, this is 100% true, by the way, a white humanoid figure. Obviously surprised that a car was pulling into a deserted parking space in the middle of the night, ran directly front of my headlights as it sprinted from the edge of the clear side of the parking area and into the forest on the other side. It had no clothes, features, genitals, and hair, etc. Just a white figure with two arms and two legs that appeared almost luminous and reflective in my lights. To say I shit myself is a bit of an understatement. My eyes popped out of my sockets when it ran in front of me, but then I realized that I was stuck in a dead car in a deserted mountain lay by in the middle of the night with no mobile phone signal. As this was back in the days when mobile phones were just starting to become popular, but large chunks of the country were missing from network coverage. I had no choice but to sit there for around an hour until my car cooled down as it gave up the ghost pretty much the second I pulled in. So I sat in my car alone, staring directly into the forest where the thing I saw had run. No weapon, no way to contact any way to let them know where I was, and no passing traffic to possibly flag down. During my wait in the car, I obviously started to wonder what I had seen. I knew for a fact that I had actually seen something, and it was not a trick of the light. That much was clear. I discounted sheep, horses, foxes, or any other animal that populated the Welsh mountains as I was certain that a two-legged humanoid creature shape with roughly human head, body, arms, and legs proportions. The obvious answer would have been that it was some very strange man who, for some reason, was wearing a white entire body stocking. Think Charlie's green man and it's always sunny. But since we were miles away from the nearest home and I was the only car around, it's highly unlikely that someone would have spent hours walking through thick forests just to hang out at a parking area in the middle of a forest wearing a unitard. Since I could rule out possible animals or humans, I had to consider the alternative, which isn't a nice thing to think about when you are stuck in a broken-down car with this creature very possibly still outside. I didn't think it was aliens, as it was too tall compared to the classic look. While any type of apparition or ghost doesn't tend to run away from people when surprised, I'm not sure if there is some kind of Welsh version of a Wendigo, but if I had to categorize the encounter, this would be my number one choice. There was always talk of satanic rituals and witches practicing in the forest when I was a kid, and also of illegal bare-knuckle fights where people had been killed and buried there to cover up the crime. But I didn't think much of it at the time, and always wrote it off to superstition and rumor. But now I'm not so sure. Eventually my car cooled down enough for me to limp back home. No one really believed me when I told them what I saw and were adamant that it was a sheep, but... To this day, I will swear that the creature I encountered was something, 
different. I've been in the forest many times since camping, biking, and hiking, and have never seen anything like that again. But whenever I go there, I am always aware of the possible presence of the goatman. I lived in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, and worked in Palmerton. I worked the late shift, so I'd get out of work at 10 p.m. One night as I was heading home late because of overtime, and I think it was about one alone, I was driving down the road at the above coordinates. I saw two red dots of light from far away, but they seemed to be approaching my car very quickly. I slow down, and suddenly these massive, battered, dragon-like leather wings come gliding with a single flap motion just over my car. It was so surreal and happened extremely quickly, but I didn't see its face or body details. It was a new moon, and there's only my headlights out there. I slammed on the brakes and get out, but it's just total darkness, and this thing was black. I'd say its wingspan was about ten or eleven feet. I've seen a condor before, and it was pretty much that size. Just massive, but I could hear it flying away after I stopped and got out. There was just no moonlight, so I couldn't see it, but it sounded like when you spread a sheet out on a bed or throw a tarp over something. I've only told three people this story, but I figure I might as well post it somewhere so people can try to get a pick or something. It'd be cool to see it again. Edit. Writing this post helped me consider any alternative explanations, and I'm willing to consider this as a possibility since it was so fast a sighting. It just seemed larger than five feet, but I didn't have anything nearby to gauge size with. The wings also could have looked leathery because of the reflection of my headlights on preened black vulture wings, which lack the white flight feathers of turkey vultures. It would also explain why the red eyes were near the road and then flew above my car.